The Insurance Coffee House is hosted by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies, brokers, and insurtechs in the UK and across the United States, attracting and retaining the most successful leaders to your insurance business. To find out more, visit insurance-search.com. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and be inspired by the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Hello and welcome to the Insurance Coffee House podcast. Today I am delighted to be joined by Andy Parsons. Andy is the HR Director for UK Retail at Gallagher. And it's a pleasure to have Andy join me on the show today. Welcome to the show, Andy. Hello, Nick. Good afternoon. Nice to be here. Andy, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Sure, we're going to have a great conversation. Andy, as we are in the insurance coffee house today, what's your go-to coffee of choice in the morning? To be fair, Nick, I'm actually more of a tea man, Frank, admissions. But if asked and somebody else is paying, I'm definitely straight to a Costa Coffee latte sort of guy. Thank you very much. Andy, let's start off talking about your career and your background, first of all, before we go on to what you're doing there at Gallagher. So would you mind giving our listeners a little bit of an overview of your career journey and what's led you into that position that you are now as the HR director there for UK Retail? Perhaps like many people in the profession, doesn't necessarily set my stall out to be in the HR profession. My plan coming out of university was actually to join a police service. And whilst I think on occasion, you know, HR can have certain elements in common with that service that wasn't my original plan but I sort of joined personnel as was back in the day actually in the National Health Service where I was for seven years in Greenwich I moved down from the Midlands to take up a role in Greenwich doing sort of manpower planning and HR MI I guess as was back in the day and really through that sort of gained a bit of an understanding around some of the uh, elements like terms and conditions and the like to the point that come a reorganization I was given an opportunity to step into a sort of more traditional personnel officer role. Uh, and I guess really that was, you know, the rest is history from that point of view. I sort of built out sort of bigger, bigger portfolios, health service, you know, on reflection, but it was a great environment to learn sort of your basic trade, you know, very heavily unionized, quite a lot of employee relations activity, lots of change activity going in there. And if I look back, really met so many of the elements, I guess. I covered off in those first seven years, with the exception probably being Comp and Bend, just because everything was yeah. obviously nationalised there. Then sort of after seven years and, and sort of realising, you know, things were going well, I guess I had to decide whether I was going to stay in the health service or look to make a move out to industry. And I just go down the latter route. So I actually joined uh, Barclays Bank, was there for five years, predominantly working in the retail bank. And really that was it, the only point in my career, I guess, where I specialised. I, I really was focused on employee relations, business change, Barclays going through a big transformation program at that time, including the sort of infamous branch closures that were really sort of featured heavily in the news at the time. So I worked there in the retail bank and then moved out and ventured into the world of insurance. I moved across to join Axe Insurance. That's where I cut my teeth out of banking, I guess, into insurance services. I worked initially there with a customer service area, sort of volume contact center operations. Mm. And then across to claims and underwriting. So I guess into the technical, you know, the heart of insurance. And whilst it was at Axis back in sort of the mid 2000s, it was a time when the consolidators in the insurance broker market were really holding massive sway with the insurers. And AXA decided through its new venture operation to actually buy insurance brokers. 
which, which a couple of other insurers did as well shortly afterwards. But bought three insurance brokers. Didn't really quite know what to do with them at the time. Great way to get a grip into distribution. But then went through a period of clearly realising it needed to create an integrated business. And the individual I was working for at that time in AXA was asked to move across to be the COO of that business. And he, he and I had worked very close together for quite a long time. He asked me if I'd move across and become the HR director for that business, which later became Bluefin Insurance Bluefin. Services, currently Gelfin and Marsh Commercial. So I crossed the great divide from insurance into broking with Bluefin. Really an amazing six years at Bluefin from creating the brand on those three initial acquisitions. The whole journey of integration pretty well from a standing start in terms of everything that we did, not just from an employee perspective, but from a systems, you know, tr- trading, all of our infrastructure. And a brilliant growth story to being part of uh, over that six-year period. And then at the end of those six years, I was really at the point of thinking, you know, Bluefield would move to its next stage of development, probably into an acquisitive phase. I was looking back on those six years thinking so much had been achieved. This probably was a really good opportunity mm-hmm. to think about taking some time out with the family, actually, Nick, was the original plan. I plan to take a year out. Five months in, was enjoying it way, way too much, realised I needed to get back at some point into the workplace, didn't know how long it would take. And two weeks after starting looking, I was with Towergate and spent 10 months at Towergate, really interesting time of their development before moving across to join Gallagher in 2015. And I've been at Gallagher for eight years. Sounds like a very smooth career journey. Obviously, the experience being at AXA and then being involved in building out Bluefin, I'm sure that must have been a really interesting opportunity for you at that stage and a great way for you to to learn about the broking sector and distribution. Moving into your present day position there, Gallagher, could you maybe explain a little bit more about what your role entails there for Gallagher UK? So I'm the HR director for the UK and Ireland business following our recent expansion into the Republic of Ireland. Just shy of about three and a half thousand colleagues running about just over $700 million of revenue. So, you know, scale, operation, 55 sites, sort of length and breadth of the UK and Ireland, sort of from Aberdeen down to Jersey and the Channel Islands and out from Ireland, probably over sort of Uranswich in the east. Running a team, you know, sort of a classic team of HR business partners facing off into the individual divisions of retail and then supported by HR, centres of excellence, companies, learning and development, etc. So sort of fairly traditional model from that perspective. Been on an incredible sort of eight-year journey. If I think back on the length of my career, that really doesn't feel like eight years because of the scale of change that the business has been through. I'm sure for a lot of our UK listeners would be very aware of Gallagher's story and Gallagher's journey, especially over the last decade or so. Maybe for our US listeners, maybe for some of our international audience, would you mind giving them a little bit of a snapshot of how that journey's looked like and what have been the results there for Gallagher over the last eight years or so? Many US listeners likely be much more familiar with Gallagher, I think, probably until the recent sponsorship of the Premiership Rugby. Gallagher yeah. probably wasn't as well known a brand in the retail breaking space here in the UK. But Gallagher journey... 1927, Arthur J. Gallagher started trading. Arthur's grandson, Patrick Gallagher, is the CEO yeah. of the company now. So, yeah, very much a family-oriented business. Based out of Rolling Meadows near Chicago. Just shy of 45,000 colleagues now globally. And between sort of wholly-owned businesses and our, our Gallagher sort of global network partners, we're operating in 130 countries. Very acquisitive business has grown significantly 
and Pat will tell the story about the journey to the first million dollars of revenue. And we now stand just shy of $10 billion revenue wow. on a journey towards $20 billion. So the Gallagher sort of growth story is we look at 15% growth every year and very simply over five years, you're doubling size. And that's been the journey that, uh, that I've been on in my relatively short tenure here. Very much business insurance, risk management services, also consulting services through the sister company, Gallagher Benefit Services, claims mm. third-party administration operation as well. So very much centered in that risk management space, third largest insurance broker in the world. Huge scale operations in the US and whilst now overseas operations on an incredibly meaningful part of Gallagher's total portfolio. Obviously, the US remains the core operations. And I think barely a fortnight will go by without Gallagher somewhere across the globe acquiring new partners. Incredible success story, incredible journey. And I know that success has certainly been mirrored here in the UK as well. For our listeners there who are listening on audio today, there's a sign in the background there, the Gallagher mm. Way is written up there nicely on the wall. Is that culture, is the Gallagher Way, do you feel that's like one of the key parts of the success in this journey? When you're the HR guy and you start talking about culture, it almost feels like some sort of stereotypical presentation, I guess, is the reality of it. All I would say, my experience would be that there is something unique about the culture, and clearly every organisation will say that. But the Gallagher Way, which are the 25 tenants of the Gallagher Way, they were penned by the CEO at the time, ahead of the company going public in the late 80s. At the point where, you know, there was an appreciation that if everything was going to go to plan, the business would scale, you know, beyond all recognition. And how could you sort of look to retain that sort of culture, that closeness, mm. when you were hopefully going to become a large global corporate operation? Mm. So they, they, they were penned, they're 40 years old. They will not change. They read true. They're across the walls in any office, Gallagher, globally. So they're a very, very clear statement. And all of our sort of growth pillars around organic growth and acquired growth, operational efficiency, peak and culture, the Gallagher Way sits firmly in the centre of it all. Put it on every wall in every office. You're going to be held accountable to it by your colleagues, for sure, because it's right in front of them every day. And really, it's the stories I think new joiners tell us in many ways, because once you're in it, it's classically you're sort of in it. People yeah. say, you know, I've met four or five people as part of the onboarding or selection process. Everybody talks about the organisation in the same way, in, in their own way, but there's a common core that runs through. How people talk about what it feels like to work at Gallagher, the fact that it is a family business. Clearly, it's listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Pat Gallagher, he is incredibly visible and it still has this familiar feel. We run our engagement surveys and the like. Any word cloud search you do, family comes up. So the organisation has has got a very deep rooted culture that sort of pervades everything that we do. And clearly we've got real scale operations where lots of people come together. You can really readily feel it. How do you go about maintaining that both on a global level but also there in the UK? Obviously in lots of acquisitions you know, some really significant acquisitions of businesses. So how do you maintain that culture and how do you maintain that way of doing things? It looms large. It really does as a consequence of the success of growth, which is, you know, when you were 2,000 people in three countries versus 45,000, how do you maintain that unique culture? And so firstly, everybody's incredibly focused. Just talking about it by its very mm-hmm. self, Nick, shows a level of commitment to it. 
It's about being really, really selective with the organizations that you look to work with, look to, look to acquire, and vice versa, that there is this sense of cultural fit, which is a, you know, a hugely important part of any acquisition strategy anyway, is that you're looking for a strong cultural fit, whether that's pinned around client centricity, servicing the community, you know, whatever those elements might be. And there's been really, really conscious about it. So all the hard, what I call you know, the sort of the hard edge elements of integration, systems, premises, technology infrastructure, IT security firewalls, very necessary. We put a lot of time in classically communicating, engaging. You realize in, in any acquisition that probably only four or five people have actually chosen to join Gallagher. All of their colleagues didn't even know they were going to Gallagher, yeah. right? So this isn't, they're not voluntary joiners suddenly overnight, you know, part of Gallagher. Communicate with them, engaging with them directly. We, we critical part of that is still face-to-face, Nick. Nothing more impactful than visiting newly acquired colleagues in their own location rather than pulling them centrally into a Gallagher location. And really, really quickly trying to get colleagues embedded into the benefits that being part of Gallagher can be. And I don't, and I don't mean necessarily the benefits in terms of death and service cover and all that, but you know, access to development, access to training and support materials, there's the ability potentially to grow your career in a much broader canvas than you would have had before. And, and really importantly, and again, sounds very mom and apple pie, but things like the recognition structures, whether that's around new business development, whether that's around client service or excellence in claims, or just being a really good colleague or community champion, making sure people see that those things are really important and really recognized become really critical. Do you measure on that in your performance reviews or you know, across the business? Is that something that's integral to each person's performance within the organization? So definitely for particularly the leaders of our business operations, where newly acquired businesses are coming into, they're held really directly accountable effectively for that integration, that onboarding, that creation. Now, clearly, they've got tools and support, like from my team, for example, to assist. But we hold those managers really accountable for that soft integration as much as all the hard stuff that needs to happen. We've found two really sort of sizable acquisitions in more recent times, acquisition of Bonington in 2021, Stack Up 2019, both of which bring in really strong new capabilities in terms of skill sets and, and client segments to us. We happen to run our annualized engagement surveys sort of within six, nine months of those organizations joining. And they were included, and you obviously expect at relatively early stage, not necessarily that uh, the results will be less favorable, but you probably expect slightly lower participation rate, Nick, because people are still waiting to form a view. They just don't know yeah. enough yet. Whilst we've seen that to be the case, when you actually look at the level of engagement, there's almost no difference between those colleagues that have been with us mm. sometimes six, nine months, and those colleagues have been with us for several years. So as much as you ever can with these things, you know, you take a view to say, we're getting most things right in terms of how colleagues are feeling towards their experience uh, as a colleague here. Really that early integration and then making sure then everybody is on the same page in terms of their yep. scorecard and they're doing things in the Gallagher way. That's really strong, Andy, and it's obviously a huge key to success there. What you've been doing there, or what Gallagher's been doing there is you know, part of the success story. You know, the culture is really strong. It is one there where, where high performance is valued 
you know it's not for all that sort of warm family sense of the organization it's also an organization which values performance and expects performance for me a really good blend between setting expectations equipping people to deliver against them, but also holding them accountable. And that's been really critical. Now, the only other thing, which particularly for business that's distributed across multiple sites, whether that's Gallagher as a global organization or, or us just as a UK retail business, the reliance we have on our local leadership. People don't leave companies, they leave managers. That's been another big area of investment and continued focus around just continually equipping our branch leaders, our regional leaders, with the skills and tools to enable them to create that engagement. Pat can come over and visit. I can go out and visit. Our CEO can go out and visit, which is always really welcomed. But we can't be in every one of those offices every single day. We're bringing the culture to life locally. You know, there'll be a lot of listeners who their business on that acquisition journey, but it's about integrating and bringing people in together. And especially, like you said, you know, those people who maybe are not part of the leadership, you know, it wasn't their choice to become part of the new organisation. That's really, really key. And it certainly feeds down to the top. And I know it feeds down from Pat Gallagher there. And that plays a huge part of it being still recognized as that family business. Andy brings us nicely onto the espresso round where the questions are short and sharp and to the point. So you like your Costa latte ready for the espresso round? Yeah, come on and bring it on. The espresso round. Andy, what piece of advice would you have for senior leaders or executives coming in to interview there at Gallagher? Come prepared to tell your story. Come prepared to share your experience and focus on growth. If you're coming in a role that's more technically orientated, make sure to bring the expertise that you're going to bring to bear to that conversation. Clearly, whether it's in business insurance or risk management, clients are valuing in our expertise at the end of the day. So come equipped to tell your expert stories. You would have sat in a lot of interviews across your career. Have you got a particularly memorable moment that comes to mind across those interviews? There's one famously where a manager, it was all about the candidate looking to attract their attention. So he literally sat with a newspaper in front of his face while the candidate walked in and said nothing and believed that was the right thing to do. All that happened was the candidate just sat there very embarrassed and highly confused for about five minutes. Was never really quite sure today what that manager actually thought the person was going to do. Perhaps we were going to flick it, set fire to it. Good to know, but that was probably the weirdest one. When we do prepare our candidates for interviews, and we also prepare the clients as well, you are dealing with people at the end of the day, and no matter how well prepared they are, there can be curveballs that are thrown in. Some are more extreme than others, and some work a lot better than others as well. Speaking of recommendations, to your HR colleagues out there, particularly within the insurance industry, what would you say is a key piece of advice you would have for HR executives looking to hire talent in the insurance world at the moment? Clearly, making assumptions was never, ever a good thing. It, it definitely is absolutely not a good thing to do, whether that's assumptions around particular individuals' backgrounds, career histories, or indeed organisations they work for. I think about you know insurance brokerages that I've dealt with back in the days of Bluefin, right? And you have certain you know, remembrances or insights about how those businesses will run. Five, six years is a long time in our marketplace. Do not get hung up in sort of almost legacy knowledge or insights. As much as often we say that's a rich source of insight to tap into, I definitely urge caution on that because organisations are pretty dynamic and shift around. And just because they had that reputation then may not mean they don't have really successful people. 
yeah, having that open mind, what it's going to take, the skills and the personality and the expertise moving forward for tomorrow's market rather than just looking back at how things have always traditionally been done. Definitely at the more senior highs, you, you can expect several conversations, 100% broad network of individuals who have some insight, not necessarily just the hiring managers or the hiring chain of command, particularly say, are you looking for cultural fit, background, you know, as much in the candidate's benefit as, as the company's benefit to have that broad exposure on the way through so that people are you know, really eyes wide open. Definitely, I know there's a war for talent. People want to move and respond really quickly at the risk of you know a poor selection decision or indeed a candidate making a poor selection decision themselves yeah. certainly a two-way process and is there any technology or any tools that Gallagher and the hr team maybe the talent acquisition team are using in particular that you're finding really useful and are helping you with with your role there i mean i think we use sort of fairly sort of standard suite actually in a more client service end of the marketplace because in some ways you know hiring colleagues working in sort of high volume contact center operations is incredibly challenging now the competitive marketplace competing with financial services organizations nick in those roles we've been working with a third party rpo organization and one of the tools they brought in is called cognosis and it works off classic sort of profiling persona match that those individuals are going through as part of that and again because candidates you know, in that demographic are definitely more IT savvy than, than I would be. They're sort of gamification tools that are used in there. And it really just helps to put another lens on what those people are bringing in to the party alongside the traditional selections. We found that to be really beneficial. Sort of 60 to 80 of our really high performing, very engaged colleagues, very successful in the roles to help build that persona. And again, it gives a nice, not just hiring for now, but are those people actually going to turn out to be some of our stronger performers in the future? And we're seeing, you know, early doors, but we're seeing so far pretty good correlation on that tour. Andy, we've almost reached the end of our time in the insurance coffee house today. Time is certainly flown this afternoon. Before we go, though, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners? And if anyone wants to reach out to you or reach out to Gallagher about opportunities, what's the best way of doing that? obviously make contact with himself we have our gallagher's classics or gallagher's career page where general opportunities post but i would say reach out to any individuals you see affiliated with gallagher very happy for that to be myself to explore those opportunities word of advice i would say is i think definitely the war for talent uh, continues we know that we see that i think it's probably some stabilization in there at the moment I would say one of the things that Gallagher brings to the park, particularly as a large corporate, is that sense of sort of family feel, the sense that it's still got ability for people to come in and make a difference. So mm. that massive growth, we are the finished article by the very nature of our growth plan. If you're an individual that feels you can want to make a difference in an organization, influence that sort of strategic direction, be at the forefront of implementation, be part of an amazing growth story, then, then very much Gallagher could be a really, really happy home for you. Like many great opportunities there, and we'll be sure to post your contact details and your LinkedIn as well on the show notes so people can reach straight out to you. Andy, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great to have you on the show. Really good to hear about Gallagher. Great to hear the story there. Thank you for your time with us today. No problem, Nick. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time for another episode packed with insights and advice for senior leaders. 
C-suite executives, and ambitious insurance professionals. Stream all episodes at insurance-search.com.